And now let me welcome on to the inaugural episode of Top Dogs, the one and only UConn head coach, Dan Hurley. Dan, thanks for being here. Thanks for being my first guest on the show. Well, let's go, Rob. Top Dogs, too. Love, <laughs> love the name, man. That is definitely accurate with the UConn Huskies, baby. Do you, do you know what that's a, that's a playoff of? Uh, was that was that Jim Nance? So when yeah, when they won the 1999 national title, it's what he said, and then it's what was put on the cover of Sports Illustrated with Khalid Edelman running down the floor with his hand in the air. I still have uh, still have that cover somewhere. Um, it, it, it's been it's made its move, uh, made its travels with me through all the different moves throughout my life. But I mean, that's the one thing, and and it actually it kind of ties into the first point that I'm on to make. And, and the first thing I want to say is I want to thank you, okay, because. That loss to Creighton in the Big East tournament was like a gut punch for me. But it was the first time in probably like six or seven years that I actually cared enough about a UConn game to have it like ruin my weekend. And <laughs> it's been a while since I've gotten to that point. So I want to thank you for that. You, you've, you've made the Huskies something that will torment me. Uh, well, hopefully not torment for a long term, but but something that, that I know I can be invested in and I care about. So, look, I got the shirt. I went out and bought a new shirt and everything this summer. So. Hey, hey, Rob, you're the first person that's like thanked me for that loss, too. By the way, I've mostly got just a lot of a lot of shit for it. Uh, but you're the first person to actually congratulate me or thank me for losing uh, for blowing that five point lead late. So, hey, look, man, look, <laughs> game, it's it's sports. It's knockout tournaments. Games are going to go. So you're going to win some of those games. You're going to lose some of those games. Like in 2004, UConn came back from eight points down with three minutes left in the final four against Duke and J.J. Redick and won the national title. Right. These things these things happen. Yeah. And it, for me, it, it's about it's about being able to enjoy something beyond just, uh, you know, watching it and trying to stay unbiased and trying to pretend that, like, I didn't grow up in the state of Connecticut. Like, I'm not a New Haven native. Like, I don't care about UConn basketball. And it's 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 nice to carry it, even if it does, you know, break your heart once in a while. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there's nothing worse, I think, for a fan um, than a feeling of of, uh, of hopelessness where, where you, you know, where a program or an organization gets to the point where, you, you just lose all, all confidence and belief in the fact that they, they can win or they can be successful or they have the chance, you know, to make the playoffs if they're a pro team, if you've got a college basketball team. Um, you know, it's crushing if you're not NCAA caliber uh, every year with March Madness, that empty, hollow feeling. Um, you know, it was at least to be able to kind of bring, uh, you know, bring meaningful March basketball back this past year. And hopefully it'll be back again this season this is what i want to ask you so uconn for the last six years before last season was in the american athletic conference we're now back in the big east i don't think that we got a real feel for what uconn basketball being back in the big east is like because fans were in the stands it was a weird covid whatever season so uh, how how excited are you to be able to go play in front of a packed house at seton hall and be able to go play in the garden in front of st john's fans and to be able to have uconn fans in gamble and in the civic center to be able to you know give us that home court advantage that we're used to yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, obviously you, you can't wait, Rob. And, and you know, we, we got a taste of it, you know, at times, you know, in, in the AAC, you know, late, um, you know, late in, in year two, you know, home games, you know, versus Cincinnati, who was very good, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, or, or Houston, who was, you know, tw- top 20 when they came in, you know, or, or Memphis, even at the XL Center, um, you know, with, with Precious um, and, and those guys, you got a taste of of what it's like in uh, in Gamble or in the XL Center when 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 UConn is good, you know. Now times that by, you know, fifty, 
you know, when you bring in natural rivals like Providence or Villanova, you know, St. John's, you know, Seton Hall and uh, all the big East places. So not only at home, is it going to, is it going to feel like, uh, you know, the, the old days, but even going on the road, I mean, uh, you know, UConn at some of these big East places, um, you know, when UConn is a really, really good team, UConn brings obviously a huge brand is some of the best tradition in, in the last 20 years in college basketball up until recently. So um, both home and away, man, it's going to be, it's going to be wild when we, uh, when we play, uh, play this year. Yeah. When you like Creighton will put 17,000 people in that arena um, Marquette, when they're good, they're going to have 15,000 people in an NBA arena. It, it's, it's nuts. And, and I look, I cannot be more fired up for this college basketball season. A lot of that has to do with how good UConn is. Uh, do you do you feel that from UConn fans? Like, do you feel that level of excitement? It's been a while. I, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I, I got a couple of buddies that live in New York that that grew up in Connecticut um, that are also big Husky fans, and that that group chat that we were on kind of died down for a little bit. But for the first time since probably the year after Shabazz won the title, so since 2015, we've been texting. So, are we going to make it up to Gamble this year? Do we uh, do we want to go see them play when they're at St. John's? Like, this is when they're playing at Seton Hall. Are we going to get down to that game? Are we going to go to the St. Bonnie's game? And I just do you feel that from UConn fans that level of excitement? I, I don't know if you've had that since you've been here. Yeah, now you know, Rob, definitely now, and and um, you know, uh, obviously that you know the, the journey you know back towards the top is like kind of. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a fun ride for people, you know, sometimes to really enjoy, you know, I, I think what made the four national championships, um, you know, that UConn won uh, on the men's side, even, you know, more, more, more enjoyable was like where it was at when, when coach Calhoun came in, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it's one thing that, you know, to take over a Kansas or a Kentucky, but you know, what, what he was able to do, you know, here and, and in our own sense, we're, we're kind of back on that climb again. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. You don't go anywhere as a coach at UConn in the state of Connecticut. You go get takeout. Um, you go grab a cup of coffee. You know, you, you, <laughs> you, know, you, you go anywhere here. You know, somebody's, uh, you know, yelling at you about, you know, the season starting or honking their horn at you or, you know, that this is like, basketball crazy state and um you know it's unique that way you drive around man you don't see like you know i don't see like a lot of patriots um a lot of red Sox bumper stickers or 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 that may be dating myself there like uh, no they use i don't think they're bumper stickers anymore they're like um the stickers in the corner yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I, i dated myself um, but you don't see professional sports teams like New York Jets, Giants, like everything is UConn Husky. Now Husky head is everywhere, um, you know, and this is probably the most anticipated season in, in a really long time here. So as, as you kind of build this and you touched on this a little bit, one of the ways, and we've talked about this before, I think the best way to kind of build a, a program as opposed to just building teams is identifying the guys like the James Book Knights, right? Getting players in that can be, two and three year guys that will end up being pros one day where you don't have to worry about necessarily only having them on campus for like seven months or whatever. It's great to have those one and done guys that are going to be all Americans. It's almost better to, to kind of do what Villanova does and, and do what Baylor does and kind of develop those guys in house. So when you are on the recruiting trail, what are you looking for, for prospects that can kind of be a, a James book? I mean, he's the perfect, I'm going to keep referring to him because he's the perfect example for this. So how do you identify a player like that? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, obviously uh, a guy with a lot of natural talent, just a lot of, you know, feel for the game of, of basketball, you know, a guy that, you know, looks like the game, you know, comes easy to him in, in terms of like the you know, offensive end of the court. Like they, they have like a, a concept of like how to play, uh, like they know when to cut. Um, you know, they just, they look comfortable playing basketball, even if they're not like fully developed from a, a skill standpoint. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, fluid athletes, you know, guys that, uh, you know, I, um, you know, particularly on the perimeter, you know, guys that, uh, you know, that, that are athletic because of the way we do guard. Um, but as much as those things like, you know, Rob, you know, guy that loves the game is passionate about basketball, um, you know, it is, is not just uh, of the mindset of like, I want to come in and, and use UConn to get to where I want to get to somebody that actually is interested in a partnership of helping us win. And then us helping them get to the, get to the highest level that they could get to in, in their career. Um, but the, the, the key point is like somebody that's going to let them is going to let me coach them, you know, right. because, uh, I'm a very demanding coach. I set like a really, really high standards. I couldn't, couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you were demanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and you guys don't see, um, you know, the, you know, you, you don't see the real stuff behind the scenes because in, in practice is a much, much different level of intensity that I bring. And, and then the players have to earn the guy that does the memes and the gifts on the sideline that becomes more of like, you know, threes and uh loves to get the crowd involved and and coaches uh with a lot of emotion so uh but the practice is brutal and um so these guys they gotta they gotta they gotta they they have to want to let us coach them one thing that i do think is interesting about the roster you have this season is you don't have any transfers like this is an era where everybody is transferring and everybody is looking for a new place and looking for a new home hold on one second i have a (laughs) I'm on. Say oh. hi, coach. Hi, <laughs> Hello. I love those cars. Oh, you, you want to say here? Gabrielle. <laughs> That's awesome. You want to say hi again? Say hi. Say bye. Bye. Say bye. 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 Travis Knight <laughs> basketball camp, too. I see Travis Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where is that? Yep. Is that autographed? Yeah, it is. I uh, I went there when I was what was I eleven years old. I think it was my first overnight basketball camp. Um, are we, are, Tristan? Are we going to leave that in? I think we're probably going to have to leave that in, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the programs that they love 
the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins and North Carolina's Shimon Williams and Michigan's Stu Douglas and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. Um, all right. Anyway, so one thing I noticed about your roster is that you don't really have any transfers in the era of the transfer. Um, is that a, a philosophy? Is that just you didn't find the right guy in the portal? Is that you had uh, freshmen that you were targeting and bringing in that, that you wanted to, to use that scholarship on? What, what, what kind of went into that decision? I think, you know, number one, um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in, uh, in the staff and, and, and my ability to evaluate like the incoming guys. Um, so, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're getting really, really talented, like young players. And then we also have a lot of confidence in our ability to get them ready to have an impact. You know, what we get, you know, the, you know, the summer one and summer two are not optional here. Like, you know, we're like, we're going live June, June one, you know? So um, as soon as we can get the freshmen on campus, like we're getting them ready. So we have a lot of confidence in those two things. Um, You know, this particular team, obviously there's there's eight returning guys that have played, you know, a a pretty good amount of college basketball um, that we have a lot of confidence in, you know, their, their ability to put us in position to be better than we were last year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, the, the transfer like portal, like the late signing period, you know, um, I, I think there'll be, you know, there'll be years where it makes sense for us, but, you know, I, I'm more, you know, I'm not maybe as transactional or, you know, for me, I want to develop a, a culture, be part of, like a, a program and not uh, just putting together uh, a team with, with multiple, uh, you know, where it's hard, hard sometimes to even keep track. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between having a great team and a great program that kind of builds on itself. I, you know, I've seen, we've seen, uh, I keep using Villanova as the example. And I know this is a UConn podcast, but if you just look at what they've done over the years, they don't have any transfers either. Well, Caleb Daniels, but they, yeah. they didn't bring in anyone else um, this season. So it, it's kind of, it builds and it builds and it builds and those guys are in there and they're sacrificing and they'll do their work for a year or two and then they'll have their opportunity and you see guys like Arch and Jalen Brunson winning multiple national titles. So it just, it works. It makes sense if you can do it right. And I, I got faith in you doing, doing it right. You mentioned your staff. Um, Tom Moore knows the program as well as anybody does. Kamani Young, I think he's really, really sharp. I, I think that at some point soon he should have a shot at getting his own program. Um, I got a chance to talk with him a couple of th- We did a candid coaches series over the summer. And I got to know him a little bit. He's he, I think he's really, really sharp. Uh, but you bring in Luke Murray and Luke. I'm a big fan of Luke. Um, I think that he's one of the smarter basketball minds out there. Uh, what kind of brought that about and what kind of impact is he going to have on the program? You know, you know I, I think Rob, it's like uh, always been smart enough to have some like great, you know, uh, smart enough to hire great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from my days back at Wagner, obviously getting great value with my brother. I mean, how many coaches in the NEC? <laughs> you know, I, have, you know, I have a guy of that caliber um, with Bashir Mason. Um, and even Luke back then was on a, that was a staff together. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and then here, you, you know, Kamani, I mean, you know, Kamani's one of the best in the business. Um, you know, he, he should have his choice of, of head coaching, uh, you know, opportunities and really good ones really, really soon. You know, Tom, I mean, he knows everything about this place plus 10 years as a head coach uh, in his own right, uh, which is incredible for me. You know, and Luke, I mean, you know, his uh, like photographic memory with recruiting stuff, like he could name every AAU team in South Dakota and like the two-star guy that just got his first high D2 or low one and the school he transferred from, right? Like, so he's got that type of mentality when it comes to recruiting. And then, um, you know, he's, he's an obsessed, uh, you know, basketball coach with, a, with just a great mind, um, you know, for the game. So the, the chance to add him to, uh, you know, to those two guys that are head coach caliber, I mean, I think, you know, one of the best you know, trios of assistant coaches in the country, if not the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the staff you put together. I know you don't need my opinion and my approval, but you got – Two thumbs it's up. Better, it's better to have it than to not have it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so la- last question I got before we get into the, the team is J.R. Smith is back in school and playing <laughs> golf at, I believe it's North Carolina Central, right? You right. coached him back in high school. I, what was your, when you saw him going back to school, what was your immediate reaction? And uh, do you think that if you got in a golf course with him right now, would you be able to beat him? <laughs> I mean, first of all, no shot at beating J.R. He, he, you know, he, you know, he he's he's got you know he's he's got the bug uh, you know he's got uh you know he's got that bug to play he loves it and loves it loves it I, I jr like my i chuckled uh obviously but you know it, it, it's not surprising i mean like jr's just just a, a guy who's like who's like alive you know like i don't know you like he, he's a guy that what do they say living your best life like he's just yeah. a person that's alive <laughs> in the world that will, uh, that will do things. And, um, you know, he's such a good hearted guy and he was so much fun to be around. Um, you know, I, I bet you he doesn't love study hall. I mean, he didn't like when he, <laughs> when he played for me, but I, I think his, his maturity as a man, like where, like he appreciates the value of his education. Now he's grown so much that way. And I, I think he sends a, a great message, um, you know, to, to, to a lot of people, um, you know, you know, in the community or in the world today, younger people, like just how important education in is and how important it is to like live and, and go for things in life and do the things that, that you're passionate about. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's kind of the joke, right? He's the meme. Everyone gets those pictures yeah. of him, his funny faces yeah. and all that, but he's yeah. going back to, he's getting his education. If J.R. Smith values it that much where he's going to, he's got however many hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. He doesn't need to, yeah, he's doing it. He's so cynical too. People, you know, I'll say this about Jr. Like in high school, like he didn't cheat me one minute of one practice. That guy, he had just so much love, for, love for the game. He was so competitive, and he was such a joy to coach. Um, yeah, and people like don't be so cynical. I mean, people like mature and grow, and you know, you make mistakes, you learn, you grow, you mature, and you know you. You're a different person in your 30s and 40s than you were in your 20s. Like, go away. Yeah, I mean, he spent what 17 years in the NBA, 16, 17 years. He won a won a title. Like, he averaged eight. 20 points a game. It's like, yeah, he had an eight unbelievable career. Threes, like eighth all time, three six man yeah. of the year. 
got he's got rings. Um, you know, he had a longer NBA career and a lot more successful career than most of the guys in his draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he uh, yeah. and he made us laugh along the way too. So, what more can you ask for, right? Yeah. He's in my recruiting presentation when we we talk about player development. You know, JRS JRS my guy. All right, let's talk about this year's team. And I think for me, the biggest, the biggest hole I think you have to fill is obviously James book night, but more than anything else, it's you get to an end of a clock. Uh, there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. There's 15 seconds left in the game. You got to scheme something up. You got to draw up a play. Who's getting the ball. I think that's probably the biggest question that fans have at this point. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, you know, who, who's going to make those plays, you know, d- down the stretch, um, down the stretch of those games, um, you know, we, we feel like this team is probably, you know, you feel like you have two or three guys um, or at least two guys right now that we feel really, really, you know, good about uh, what we're going to bring offensively, like guys that we feel like potentially, you know, could be 14 or higher a game um, because we feel like we got a ton of guys that are going to live from like six or seven to like 10, 11. You know, mm-hmm. we, we may have, we may have six or seven guys that live in that range uh, potentially. And then, you know, I think Adama, I don't think people, um, you know, and we've bet heavy on this, but I don't think people got a chance to see just how good that guy is. Um, I think late in the year, last year, I think people got a glimpse at Seton Hall. You know, he was fantastic in a game that we had to win. You know, I think he had 16 and nine or close to a double double as a, as a freshman versus their front line. In a, in a must-win two-bubble team game. Um, so I, I think he's going to prove himself potentially to be one of the best players in the league this year and one of the best bigs in the country. Uh, and then R.J. Cole, I think from the perimeter, um, you know, I think we're going to turn him loose a lot more and let him be you know, a lot more aggressive uh, hunting his offense. And um, you know, he's got a history of, of being able to produce at a high level. Um, in college and, and, uh, you know, then you got other guys like Tyrese Martin and, you know, you know, Jordan Hawkins, uh, you know, as, as another guy that I think when people see him, uh, he's, a, he's going to be a serious, I think, impact player for us, not in the same way as, as book, but, um, you know, in, in, in a shooter, in, in a shooter score uh, type of way. So I, I love, I love, I got another, I got another person. <laughs> Again. Yes. So RJ Cole, I feel like I always have to remind people that this kid averaged like, what was it? 24 game when he was at Howard, something like that. And last season he averaged 12 and four and a half assists. So it's not like this kid hasn't done it before. And, and I'm excited to see, I, I say kid, he's probably what, 23 years old. Now? <laughs> 90 years old. Yeah, the full beard. I mean, the beard. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see um, what he can do this season. And, and look, Adama, man, like he's, I, I don't envy anybody that has to try to block him out on on the defensive glass like that dude it gets wherever he wants to go um and you can like people people said oh how can you win the post not in modern basketball look look at the teams that have won you know last year was i think a little bit of an exception but 2017 north carolina won a title with uh with kennedy meeks and um like i'm blanking on the other but they played too big they played in the national title game against the gonzaga team that started shemit karnowski who's seven foot one mount poland (laughs) so uh, you can You can win playing big guys at the college basketball level. I firmly believe that, and I'm excited to see uh, what you got in store for them. I'm also excited to see uh, what can happen when you let Tyrese and Andre 
kind of get out in the open floor and, and try to jump and dunk on somebody. Those guys are athletic. They're fun to watch. And I feel like your best teams are when you have athletes that can make things happen defensively and turn those into easy baskets for the, the, what are the, the pick six turnovers? Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Well, we were at our best, um, you know, at roadie, you know, we were just so athletic and quick on the perimeter, you know, with the rim protection and, um, you know, we were able to get, uh, you know, our, our, you know, our EC Matthews, Jared Terrells, uh, Stan Robinson got those guys in the open court where, where they could make their plays. And, and, uh, you know, like Andre's in like the top, I mean, if Andre was in the NBA, just overall athletic ability, speed, quickness, uh, above the rim. Um, you know, you're talking about like at the absolute highest elite level of athletes. And, um, you know, he's obviously developing his identity as a player, but, you know, like he's tailor-made for the way that we guard people and Tyrese, um, you know, Tyrese was having a great year last year. He obviously slumped, you know, the last couple of games, but his numbers going into that like bad stretch to end the season, um, you know, were really impressive. So like those guys, I think, uh, are going to have a real chance with the opportunity and the way that we play this year, got a chance to break out. Yeah. And, and they're versatile too. Like Tyrese can kind of make some plays off the bounce a little bit too. Right. And Andre is not just an athlete. He, there's things that he can do. I mean, he, he didn't play that many minutes. He averaged almost uh, two assists a game um, last season. I love Isaiah Whaley too. Like guys that defend block shots and can also step out and knock down a three are kind of uh, the, the guys that I think are the biggest impact players at the college level. Here, here's, here's what I got for you. I think the two guys that are going to kind of be like, I, I I don't mean to get all cliche, but like the breakout X factor, whatever kind of way you want to phrase it is one Jalen Gaffney and two or cook a cook, depending on kind of how healthy he is. Because if you could put a cook out there with Andre Jackson and Tyrese Martin, all of a sudden that's probably the most athletic three guys that are going to be on the court, um, you know, against anybody that you play. And then Jalen, I mean, he's got a chance here, right? We just talked about how, how you might need someone at the end of a clock to go out and make a play. Well, that's kind of what he does. So I'm excited to see what he can do this season with a little bit more of an expanded role. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, yeah, he's one of the few guys who was able to make plays and, uh, you know, in that Maryland game where we just, you know, we struggled when they switched and, uh, you know, you had to go make a play individually. We, you know, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was one of the few guys who was able to do that for us. Um, he's such a talented guy. He's got like really, really good size, Rob. You know, he's like really athletic. I mean, he's got a very good, you know, he's got a really good skill set. It's, you know, if he takes that, you know, that just like big jump sophomore, junior year, like, you know, the, the sands and the hourglass are like slipping away. Like I've got to get really, really urgent about doing this right now. Like that's a guy with like really, really high level talent, like a guy that, you know, could start for us as we're, you know, kind of searching for who who claims that, like, you know, that starting spot on the perimeter next to RJ or potentially with Tyrese, like who's going to win that? Um, you know, so what, what, you know, what, what we'll see. And then a cook, I mean, listen, that, that front court, you know, it, it's not, it's, it, it's not a joke. I mean, Adama, you know, you, you know what I think of Adama, like Isaiah Whaley's one of the best, like, you know, bigger, you know, bigger lineup four man. If he can make 25 threes, him at the four is, you know, it's a joke how good you could be potentially. And then when he swings to the five, you know, he's, uh, you know, he probably even brings more value. Um, so now a cook with the shot blocking, if, if he could be a three point threat with, with the length, you know, what he would do for us to go from top 30 defense, maybe to a top 
top 15 defense in the country. Um, you know, and then, you know, and then other guys like Samson Johnson, who I think has got, he's got wall potential. Um, yep. the wall means, you know, lottery picks go on the wall in this building. And there's a bunch of them over my right shoulder. He's got, he's got wall potential. So th- let's talk a little bit about those freshmen, uh, Rasul Diggins, Jordan Hopkins, and, and Samson Johnson. Um, what are you expecting out of them? What kind of impact are they going to have right away? And is it nice to be able to have like a full offseason to kind of get those freshmen acclimated as opposed to last year when you couldn't do anything? Yeah. And, and Rob, it's like the program has grown and the way you know and can tell is that like if we were going into year one, like two or three of those guys would be starting, no doubt. And, and the third would be battling to start potentially. And you know, now they're, they're, they're battling for role, you know, and, um, you know, b- because we've got such quality up and down the roster. Um, now they're both going to have a chance to have like a huge impact. I mean, Jordan's in the, or Jordan's potentially in the, in the mix, uh, you know, maybe you can start, you know, depending on how this shakes out these next couple of weeks, um, you know, with the close scrimmages and stuff, but like his, uh, you know, his shooting and, uh, his ability to get into his shot quickly, not just catch and shoot, but, you know, off of an action, like full speed, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's next level type of stuff. Um, he's getting tougher. He's getting better defensively. You know, it's about like, you know, the, for any of these young guys, um, you know, can, can he make less mistakes by the time the opener kicks off and these games start counting, you know, cause you know, it's, it's about like a lot of time getting five guys on the court that, don't make you lose by doing really dumb shit, you know? Um, and then, you know, Samson, you know, so Jordan, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you, you got a good sense that he's going to be, um, you know, potentially an early entry guy, um, not in the same way as book, but maybe that dynamic as a shooter over the course of his time here and size. Uh, and then Samson, I mean, he's the six ten guy that moves like a guard and, and uh, puts so much flash stuff um on, on film every day and here dunks and blocks and, and, and ridiculously athletic moves that um, like a young Danny early, right? I was, <laughs> I had to work so hard to get to play at that level. It's, I was burnt out by the end. Um, so yeah, no, these guys are uh, those two guys in particular, like, I mean, they, they've got, you know, you know, Samson's competing with Isaiah for minutes and, you know, and a cook for minutes and Adama to a certain degree because they're, you're trying to pair up some guys potentially at the four and five. So, um, you know, he's, he's battling his, his butt off for, uh, for minutes in a row this year, Samson, but like wall potential as like that positionless, you know, athletic freak with skill. So I, I do just also want to shout out Corey Floyd. Um, I, I know he reclassified. He's going to have to work his way into the rotation if he's going to get into the rotation. But I do think that that kid is going to end up being a very, very good guard for the program for two, three, four years, however long he ends up staying there. Tough, athletic, defense, everything that you want to see out of a UConn team. And, and to me, that's kind of why I, I'm so excited about this group moving forward. And we can end it with this. So you have a whole bunch of guys that are going to get out there and guard. And I feel like what, 
when, when, when Jim had his best teams here, right. When coach Calhoun had his best teams, they were always more athletic and bigger and they blocked shots and they forced turnovers. And that's kind of what they hung their hat on. Yes. There were NBA players. And that's kind of why they went from being really good to being national title. Good. Uh, mm-hmm. They had shot makers on the floor as well, but to me, this kind of gets back that your group right now gets back to what UConn's roots are, which is they're going to guard you. They're going to make it a nightmare to come to Hartford or come to stores, and they're going to they're going to block shots. You're not going to get anything easy around the paint. And if you put the ball on the floor around them, it might get taken. So uh, I'm excited to see what you can do with this group. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recruit to it. And, um, you know, it's a mentality. I think, you know, it's just, you know, the way my dad's teams always played and growing up in Jersey City and, you know, the, the way the game is played in, in North Jersey is like, you know, the the very best teams, oftentimes they punk the other team by how hard they played. And, and it was something that was somewhat uh, intimidating about a team that's just so relentless um, and makes you uncomfortable and takes things away from you and, um, you know, chases you off the three-point line and pressures the ball and challenges you at the rim. There's something that is incredibly draining about that. Now, if, if you put around that like an unselfish culture and then, you know, you, you get some like really good players that you can get the ball in the hands of, you know, you could have great seasons. Now, you know, the NCAA tournament, it's got to line up for you. You've got to get, obviously, you know, the you know, matchups that are good for you. you got to probably catch a break in a game. But if you hang your hat on, on those things um, and that type of mentality, you can have great seasons and eventually you'll make the run and we'll get the fifth banner. Yep. That's exactly the way that I view it, man. Well, listen, I appreciate the time. Uh, Thank you for being here. I'm going to leave you with one of these. You could. (laughs) Coach, I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Let's go. I love it.